Hey, Night Owls. Welcome to episode 12 of Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. Uh, This is Rachel. And I'm Krista. And this week we are going with the holiday spirit. Like, I'm actually really excited about this. Not that I'm not excited every single time we do this, but I've been really, like, needing, like, some holiday spirit in my life. Like, I put Mm -hmm. my Christmas tree up, like, way before Thanksgiving, which I never do. But this year, I just was, like, really needing needing the vibes. Well, and Thanksgiving was off. Thanksgiving was pushed a week. Like, it's the latest, literally the latest Thanksgiving could ever be. Was it? Yeah, because the first was on a Friday. And so before Thursday, so that's why like normally there's an additional week between Thanksgiving and Christmas. So to every, I thought so. Yeah. So everybody that was like, oh my God, like I started wearing my holiday sweaters and people were like, wow, you're doing that early. And I'm like, actually, technically I'm a week behind, week behind on everything. Like I'm already behind. Yeah. I'm already stressed. It's fine. I haven't done any holiday shopping, so I'm absolutely behind. Okay. That's a lie. I've done holiday shopping for two people, just my coworkers. (laughs) That is it. (laughs) I've done a very very small amount of holiday shopping but not i need to like actually go and brave the stores did you black friday shop i went to fred meyer's sock sale oh how was it lucrative oh yeah i go then- every i go every year so it ends at 11 so i go at like nine ish and there's like still a decent amount of people but it's not that bad and i get because there's one pair of socks like this one style that I love that Freddy's carries and they're normally $18 a six pack. So I was like, $9? Yes, please. I'll buy two. Heck yeah. I didn't yeah. even know that. Why didn't you tell me they were having a sock sale? I can always use socks. Because <laughs> they have it every I have year. <laughs> I know. I need to like, this is my thing though. I'm like, okay, I have to actually go through all my socks and get rid of all my, like I need to stop holding on to socks that don't have pairs. Yeah, I literally have, like, all of my, like, unpaired socks laid out on my guest bed, and it takes up the entire fucking bed. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. all of the unpaired ones. I'm like, where where are all of these socks? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't I just, find them. I just keep ones, and I'm like, I really like these socks, and one day I will find your friend. I need to accept that. I need to accept that I'm not going to find the pair, and if I am, I can just buy new ones at this point. Anyways, um, so since we were doing holiday, I, um, when we were at that Leavenworth book fair thing, I ended up picking up the book Skipping Christmas by John Grisham. Um, and it is now a major motion picture, Christmas Ooh. with the Cranks, which is oh. like my favorite Christmas movie. I watch I it all like the time. Oh, I and I had been watch thinking about year. watching it. I had been thinking about watching it. So I was just like, what a perfect opportunity. Like I may as well read the book and watch it. So I actually watched it the day before I read the book. But I did read the book in a day. So I will say that the book, short and quick. Okay. Exactly like the movie. Oh, wow. But there were a few, like, like they even had, like, the same lines. Like, it was hilarious. I was like, wow, that line is exact. Yeah. So I was kind of like, did they base the movie on the book? Or did they base the book on the movie? Because even the cover is freaking Tim Allen and Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, that's probably just, like, a reprint, though. You know how they do that, like, once it becomes that's a movie? True. And it's, yeah, it's a mass paper book paperback cover thing okay that's fair i'll give them that but anyways the movie did very very closely so i actually kept like a like a list of like the differences because there were some like minor differences so i've got this really nice chart that i made (laughs) along the way 
Um, there were a couple times I got like characters mixed up and I would have to like Google who the character was on Christmas with the cranks. And then I was like, oh no, 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 that wasn't the right person. Mm -hmm. Like it wasn't the same, but that's not the person I was thinking it was. Um, so I guess I'm just going to tell you about the movie slash book and tell you what the difference is. Okay. All right. Um, I think most people probably seen this movie, but Christmas with the Cranks is basically this like middle-aged couple whose daughter is, they don't say exactly how old she is. I'm going to guess she's in like her early twenties, mid twenties, maybe. Yeah. I think um, like mid twenties ish. Yeah. Probably mid twenties. Very pretty girl. Who's in a lot of movies in the early two thousands, isn't it? But the one with the scar on her face. <laughs> <laughs> she's in Cinderella story. Her name is Shelby. I don't know why I know that detail. <laughs> anyways this girl um decides to like join the peace corps because she's like done with college or whatever and uh in both the book and the movie she was like going with a friend right um but they're she's going with different friends so it's like a different person that she actually goes with like you never Does actually that, really meet the person that she goes with in the book but well, it's not the same person that she goes with i was gonna say did that actually change anything i don't know if that mattered it does kind of. I think it does. It does later on. I'll get oh. to it. I'm absolutely going to spoil this movie slash book because it's just a Christmas book. Yeah, it's a movie. Christmas one. And if you haven't seen it, I'm very sorry, but you know, maybe my version's better. I don't know. <laughs> so she goes off and the dad is Tim Allen. Um, but the dad is like, we spend so much money on Christmas because he's an accountant, right? So he like does all this math and he's like, this is how much money we spent on Christmas last year. And he's like, in the, in the book, he's much more like curmudgeon about it because you can like get his internal dialogue, right? But like Tim Allen's pretty curmudgeon during the movie too. So like in the book, it's like very obvious though. Like he's like irritated that like people want tips and people want like, he's super frugal, like classic, like accounting guy all about the money. Um, so, uh, he decides like, let's save money this year and let's go on a cruise, but it's a total boycott of Christmas. Right. So literally zero Christmas. Like he's not, he doesn't want to do any of the donations that they normally do. Like he doesn't want to buy the firefighters calendar. Oh, like geez. he just like sends a note around his office. It was like, I will not be participating in Christmas this year. I will not be giving gifts. I will not accept any gifts. Like, <laughs> Full on. And like, they usually do like a full like Christmas party that they have all of their friends come to. I think they said that the year before they ended up with like 50 people. Damn. So like, this is like something that they, they do like, yeah. it would be a huge deal. Right. Um, so after he tells his wife, Hey, I want us to go on this cruise because women do Christmas. You know what I mean? Like men just participate. Yeah. Sort right. of. That's kind of how the book puts it. So we're going to go with it. And I can yeah. see what they mean because we'll get into it. Um, so he tells his wife and she's like, okay, but like, I want to match our charitable donations at least. Like we'll still be under like what we paid for last year, but like, I won't budge on like donating to the hospital and like that kind of thing. And he's like, okay, fine, whatever. I want to go on this damn cruise. Mm-hmm. So they finally agree. And like, she struggles so hard with this because like all of her girlfriends like give her crap for it and they're like what do you mean and then like she's hounded by the printer guy who wants her to like print her invitations and her christmas cards and she's like nope we're not doing any of that <laughs> and like the boy scouts want them to buy a christmas tree and she has to say no oh man like they have to hide in their house because they start getting harassed by the neighbors for not putting up like this frosty on their roof so that's another difference actually so the frosty does happen in both the book and the movie mm-hmm. Um, but the frosty in the book is like all one piece, like one oh. giant or no. And in the movie, sorry, in the movie, cause you've seen it in the movie, right? So yeah. it's like literally one giant, like put together 
like yeah it's like one giant like a blow-up type frosty almost but no i think he's plastic oh yeah yeah it's really heavy remember so he's like hoist him all the way up and then he like falls off the roof yeah um so there is frosty and he does still fall off the roof but this frosty is in like pieces oh so at least it's easier to assemble, I guess. Yeah, but it would still take way longer because I guess because then you're assembling Frosty too yeah. and time to get so him up he, on your roof. Exactly. So he's got this like eight foot Frosty, but he has to assemble it in like three separate pieces. So he spends like forever putting up this Frosty. So obviously they decide not to do it this year, right? Mm-hmm. So like they're being harassed by the neighbors. They're having to hide in their house because they've got, you know, I think she leaves like right after Thanksgiving. So they've literally got like three and a half weeks of like dealing with their neighborhood. And um, like, he's got some neighbors across the street who like have, like they're an older couple that like have health issues and like they don't get along very well. And so it's just like a bunch of like neighborhood shenanigans, basically mm-hmm. like people like sicking the like carolers on them because they know that they're trying to skip Christmas and they're trying to make it like hard for them oh, um so just a lot of like general shenanigans happen throughout like the middle of the book right um and so during this they're basically just like doing their best to keep their heads down and prep for their damn cruise so like he goes so overboard he like starts going tanning all the time and um this is like one of the scenes from the movie actually that's like pretty notable is that Jamie Lee Curtis goes tanning, right? Because they're trying to get a base for the crew mm-hmm. so they don't freaking burn because it's December. And they're, I don't know where they are, somewhere where it snows. It's cold. I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so they start going tanning. So they do this both in the movie and in the book. But in the book, it's a little less embarrassing because in the movie, Jamie Lee Curtis, like, goes out to ask for a towel or something and she's in her bikini and she encounters their priest. No. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that scene in the She's got this, like, tiny little towel, and she's, like, trying to cover herself. <laughs> she's, like, a middle-aged Jamie Lee Curtis wearing this, like, French-cut bikini mm-hmm. that Tim Allen picked out for her. So, in the book, she also goes tanning, but, like, one time she gets nervous because, like, somebody, like, rattles the door handle, right? And she's, like, in the bed, so she gets all, like, flustered and won't go back. And so, when she finally gets the courage to go back, she's, like, wearing her bikini, but she's just wearing, like, an overcoat over it. Mm. And she does run into the priest, but basically, like, in the book, it's, like, the bikini is, like, super uncomfortable because she's, like, not the right weight for it. And, like, he got it too small for her, but she's trying to do what he wants her to do. And so, yeah. she's, like, talking to the priest, and he's trying to, like, guilt her into doing Christmas basically (laughs) and she's just this whole time in her head she's just like oh my god I hate Luther like I can't believe he made me like wear this bikini right now and like the side like comes undone and she's like trying really hard to like keep it on so like it's like so much crap while they're trying so hard to just like go on their cruise right yeah um so they they pretty successfully avoid everybody even though everyone basically hates them and like their neighborhood lost the the christmas tree light contest because or the like the decorating contest right yeah because the one house didn't have frost yet of course yeah so of course that's the one that's why you lose Right, one house. obviously, because one house. But, I mean, I guess they'd won, like, a few years in a row. So, honestly, like, the HOA could have just been being fair. Let's mm. be real. Yeah. Not necessarily them. But it's easy to blame other people, isn't it? Yeah, and nobody likes their HOA anyway. Right, and so, like, they've already, like, upset the police officers because they told them they didn't want to buy their calendar. Like, the firefighters <laughs> come around, and they're like, nope, we don't want to buy fruitcakes. <laughs> so, like, they've already, like, pissed off everybody in their entire community. And so Christmas Eve comes around and they're like, yeah, we made it. We totally did it. And their daughter calls. And she was like, hey, I'm in Miami. They're like, what? You're in Miami right now? You're not in Argentina right now? Because like, <laughs> they talked to her like 
a week or so after she left and she was like totally like chill with like not being home for Christmas. And she was mm-hmm. just like, I'll see you guys next year. I'm having a great time. I probably won't even call. And so they figured like, oh, she did. She, you know, she called like to say Merry Christmas, but she yeah. lets them know that she's on her way home with her new fiance. And this is one of the, the big difference. So in mm-hmm. the movie, she went there because she knew this guy and she had like gone to school with him or whatever yeah. in the book. She met him there. Oh, she's known him for three weeks. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So they were like, "Oh, great! Yeah, we're totally gonna be ready for you. No problem at all." Now that we've like shunned all of our neighbors and friends and pissed everyone <laughs> off and are not prepared at all to throw this giant Christmas party and all of your favorite foods that you're telling us right now that you want in the next seven hours to be completed. Yeah, we'll we totally can... pick you up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so they try to like pull it off, like on their own like they like you know divide and conquer and so like Nora the mom goes to the store and like it's what you'd expect for Christmas Eve there's like not a lot left she like doesn't get any of the things that she wants she ends up with like like a trout or something instead of a turkey or the honeyed ham her daughter yeah I wasn't supposed to get like the fancy like sprouted honey ham or something yeah, she's supposed to get honey ham and then she like gets home and then she talks to the daughter again because she's gotten to her next like stop and she was like, oh, are you going to make that caramel cream pie that's my favorite? She's like, yeah, of course I'm making caramel cream pie that's your favorite. <laughs> and she like looks at Luther like she's insane. <laughs> and this entire time he's just like, oh, I fucking hate this. This sucks. Like, because yeah. he's like pissed off that he's not going on his cruise. And he's yeah, he's so excited. He thought he was going to win. Yeah, he totally did. He's like, we're going to save all this money. But now he's just like, I don't have, like, the cruise isn't refundable. Like, yeah, I don't have a tree. The Boy Scouts had, like, one tree left. And they tried to gouge him for it. And by the time he got at home, all of the needles had fallen off because oh. it was so dead. So he was, like, borrowing a tree from a neighbor who's leaving. He was like, hey, I know that you're not going to be here. So can I borrow your tree? And he's like, why? He's like, oh, Blair's coming home. And this neighbor just starts, like, laughing hysterically he was like you're screwed i think i probably would too oh my god right i would have been like you you dumb yeah like yeah take it you can have it like good luck take it i don't care so he luther like ends up like getting the keys from the neighbor and like a neighborhood kid ends up helping him like take the tree out but the police or the other neighbors see him and they're like oh he's stealing it so they call the police and the police come and they pick him up and he's like, no, 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 the neighbor kid was helping me. Like, this is totally legit. This is totally fine. But the neighbor kids disappeared. Oh, my gosh. So um, this is where it starts to differ a little bit, actually, from the movie. Uh, so I thought this was kind of interesting. <laughs> just this whole thing. Um, so this kid, like, in the movie, it's just, like, the kid just helping Luther, right? And he mm-hmm. doesn't really talk to, like, the neighbors at all until, like, the very last second where they, like, pull it out their butts. Um, but at this point, the kid like tells his dad and the dad comes and talks to the police and like gets involved and they start helping it at this point. So like a little Mm. earlier on the neighborhood is involved, but the funny part is that like the neighbors are just watching them do this. Like the neighbors are already aware what's going to happen and what's happening because they can see the cranks like frantically trying to like get stuff and everyone's like arguing in the house and they're (laughs) like, Oh, what's going on right now? And it sounds like it's a small town. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so in the movie they like for dramatic effect kind of like they please pick up the kids from the airport for him and they like slowly bring him home and they pick up a robber none of that happened in the book oh okay and in the book it was like they very quickly drove home <laughs> like they didn't do any of the like setup or anything it was like the neighbors are here the neighbors are pitching in we're getting all the stuff done 
Bev down the street has a turkey or whatever, you know? Um, <laughs> and then like the kids are there. Mm-hmm. So like they spend a lot more time in the book, like focusing kind of like on the party and like how everyone's having a great time. And there's still that mystery guy, Marty, who like um, Nora encounters this like weird man at the store who like knows their whole family. And she's like, who the hell is this dude? In the yeah. book, she actually was like, I recognize him. And I think his wife died recently, but I don't know who he is. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but in, in, in the movie, she had zero idea who this man was and everyone was just like, oh yeah, this weirdo. Um, so they end up having this like great party and it turns out like it, they, they pull it together, but like, it was just such like a holiday feel. Like he was so like grinchy, you know? Yeah. And, like the neighbors <laughs> showed him that like, it is important. And like, so it was cool in the book cause you see it in the movie too, because obviously like Tim Allen goes and he gifts the the neighbor the older couple neighbors like who are had the wife's like dying of cancer he gives them like the cruise because it's unrefundable like it's just gonna mm. go to waste anyway or whatever yeah like he has that too but like i really liked that in the book like that redemption moment for him was a lot like clearer because you get to see like his internal he was just like wow like all of these people are really stepping up mm-hmm. you know we're like in the book or in the movie, he, like, his toast is just, like, me too, after his wife, like, does a toast. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he does that in the, he does that in the book, too, but, like, you can still, like, see the internal part, which is nice, because I was, like, Mel was just kind of, like, oh, well, whatever, you know, I guess we're doing this now. Um, But uh, I thought it was great. I mean, I know it was, like, exactly the same as the movie, and I love the movie, so I'm probably a little bit biased about it, but, like, I just really like the way it just really goes from just, like, we're totally skipping Christmas, we're over this, to, like, wow, like, community. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it just like, did a really, like, fun job of it. Like, it was funny and, like, kind of goofy in the middle with all their shenanigans and trying to avoid people and hiding behind curtains and yeah, <laughs> fighting with neighbor kids and, like, um, and there, yeah, I just, uh, it was a great, like, holiday story, like, both book and movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it Five got you. stars for me. Got you in the holiday spirit. It did, and like I said, it only took me a day. It only mm-hmm. took me a day to read it. Like, yeah. not even. I started it at, like, 9 a.m. and I was done at 11.30. Oh, wow. Yeah. Super quick read. Totally worth it. Yeah. Well, there we go. It was a good time. So, I also read my book in a day, although it was, like, 9 a.m. to, like, 4 or 4.30. So, I just... You're committed to that book. I just really wanted to get it done. It wasn't great. I didn't, like... Like, it was good, but I didn't super love it. I'll probably end up with, like three out of five on it but i read seven days of us by francesca hornack excuse me sounds like a love story is it a love story um no no definitely not and it's not even like your it's the thing that i did like is that it's not your generic christmas story like it's not this you don't know for sure how it's gonna like it doesn't end in like oh, she fell in love with him and they lived happily ever after and he was a super good, like, good things did happen, but then somebody still died at the end. That sucks. So It's real life. Yeah. So it's set in Britain and it's this family, they're the Birches, and they come from, like, old money, it seems like. So they have, like, their one fancy house in, I don't actually think I, I, I'm not going to pretend to, like, know where these make-believe places are in britain or england or wherever the fuck they are but they have sure they're make-believe they have some weird names yeah but so they how she does it so like every chapter it like so it jumps between people's perspectives um but it'll be like 
Phoebe, the stairs, 34 Gloucester's Terrace, Camden, 5.15 p.m. Like every chapter is like that. So it's like the stairs or it's the green wow. bathroom. It's very the specific. Woodshed. Yeah. Um, so they live, the main place that they live is this like Gloucester Terrace in Camden, which I suppose is a real place. Um, but they always do Christmas at what they call Wayfield Hall, which is where the mom, Emma, that's, it's her childhood home. And when her parents died, she inherited the house. And so she, um, so they always go there for Christmas, but she refuses to let anything be updated. So like the water is either way too hot or way too cold. Like the heating's not right. Like the range in the kitchen is just like super old. Like all the, like the mirrors are all tarnished, like all this stuff, but all the rooms have like super fancy names. So there's the willow room which is one of the peop- the bedrooms. The gray room, which is another bedroom. Um, there's... The gray room? That sounds depressing for a bedroom. Not gonna it, lie. So it got... It was this other room that got repainted. Because... So I think it was um, the two daughters used to share this room when they were kids. And then the older one uh, is a doctor now and she like never comes home for Christmas because she doesn't really get along with her dad or her mom. She doesn't really get along with her family. Um, so she's up coming. And okay. so the younger daughter was like, I want this room redone. And so when they got it all redone, then they had to start calling it the gray room because it got repainted and everything like that. There's also the smoking room, which is the dad's, um, uh, it's like his office study. Um, office study and smoking room. Got it. Yeah. All the normal the smoking things. room. Uh, it's very yeah, so gentlemanly it, of him. I know, right? It's such like a manly thing. So what it is, is the, what happens is, like I said, the oldest daughter, her name is Olivia. And she has been a doctor for like however long. And she likes to go, I don't know that she likes to do it, but uh, she always goes to like these <laughs> other countries and helps with um, like epidemics and stuff. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's like helping Got with it. epidemics and like children dying, like. Nobody necessarily likes Good Samaritan. Got it. Yeah. Um, but she, she gets fa- fulfillment from it. Yeah. But she always works over Christmas, so she doesn't have to be home with her family. Like she gets to use it, she uses it as an excuse. Um, except for this time. Gotcha. So, I, so she doesn't like to do it. Yeah. So for this one, she has been in um Liberia helping with the hag epidemic, which I Googled it and I don't think it's a real thing. Um, but I think it's supposed to be kind of Ebola-esque. Uh, okay. Yeah. So she's been doing that. And then they're only a lo- the um, oh. volunteers are only allowed to be there 12 weeks at a time. And so they all got there in like October or the end of September. And so they all have to come home at Christmas. And you have to be mm-hmm. on a week-long gotcha. quarantine after you leave because uh, the – much like the incubation period and like the time frame from when you start showing symptoms. And so she was originally just going to like spend the week on her flat, but then her family was like, Oh my gosh, no, like come here to whatever it is. Our fancy home that I already forgot the name of, Oh, Wayfield hall, like come spend it here. And so they're like willingly put themselves, like they're all on quarantine together. Like none of them can leave the house nobody can come in because if you come in the house you have to fit you have to write out quarantine with them but the um 
chances of catching it are like really slim for her family because you have to share bodily fluids to be able mm. to get it. And She'll then spit in their face or anything weird, you know, you're fine. Yeah, exactly. No like blood packs or anything. Um, and then, week. Yeah. Twice a day, uh, <laughs> Olivia, the older sister has to take her temperature to make sure that it's normal because one of the symptoms could be an elevated temperature. Like that's the thing is that they eventually like go and they like rattle off like all the symptoms. Cause so the first symptoms, the first like round of symptoms can take up to a week to show up. Um, mm. And it's like nausea, kind of like general weakness, possibly an elevated temperature. Um, yeah. And that's the thing that blew my mind is that I was like, okay, so you make these people take their temperature twice a day, but not everybody who gets hag has an increased temperature. I was like, that's, what if I just had a bad day? Yeah, I was like, that's freaking stupid. Doesn't make any damn sense. Um, but then the second round of them, which is like you get this like really nasty rash. Um, and I think you get, I think they say start like hemorrhaging blood or something like that. But that happens within hours of you getting the first symptoms. So like if you don't get caught mm-hmm. right away, like people die. And I think it has like a 80% mortality rate or like a 60% mortality rate or something like that. Wow, that's not great. Yeah. So anyway, so she's home um, for Christmas and her dad is um, a food critic in like a kind of fancy, well-known newspaper, I guess. And he used to be a war reporter and he was in like Lebanon and stuff. But then when the younger sister was born, the mom was like, yeah, you can't, you can't do this anymore. Like you don't, you're done. Yeah. Uh, And so we always like, kind of resented that and so he like never gets along with Olivia the older sister um like they don't ever really know what to talk about and then the mom Emma like gave up her catering business when she had kids um and then the younger sister is named Phoebe and she's like in her mid-20s I think no she just turned 29 and she still lives at home by choice she doesn't know how to drive what Um, yeah she's yeah, she's well, she's never had to because she's basically just been completely spoiled her entire life. Um, and she's engaged to this like total douchebag guy named George. Um, but so it kind of like jumps back and forth between them. And like Olivia is just like kind of super annoyed that she is even having to spend Christmas with her family. Like she didn't want to have to be there. Um, and when she was in Liberia, they have um, a no touch rule. So like the other volunteer worker people, like you can't touch them, but she ends up starting this relationship with this guy named Sean. Who's of course. from Ireland. Yeah. Of course. They like try well, to fight it. From Ireland. Of course. Yeah. She's down. Um, and so he, they end up flying in to like, I don't know, Heathrow or whatever the airport is that she flies into and her mom picks her up and he has a layover or a, they call it a follow-on. Some of the words in here are just redonks. Um, but, and so then, so she's like emailing him because of course Wayfield Hall doesn't get cell reception. You have to walk to the very end of the driveway to be able to like make a cell phone call and the Wi-Fi is spotty. So she's been like, Olivia's been emailing him back and forth and it's just like, like, because they had promised not to tell anybody about the relationship until quarantine was over because, like, they could get in a lot of trouble and the volunteer organization that they work with could get in a lot of trouble. That makes sense. Um, and so she's, like, doesn't really hear back from him. And then I think it's, like, a day later or something like that. Um, she's, like, reading the paper and his name is there. And it's, like, oh, this volunteer who just came back from helping the um, 
hag epidemic in Liberia has been diagnosed with hag. So, like, apparently <gasps> after she, like, left the airport, he had collapsed waiting because there was, like, an eight-hour lay, like, a eight-hour delay to get onto his next flight. And so he, which is actually good because he probably would have been, like, in the skies when he collapsed. But so he that collapsed and he's been, so now he's in the hospital and so he doesn't have access to his, like, when you're in isolation and whatnot so he like can't get his tablet or anything so she's basically like still emailing him every day um but like can't tell her family why she's like so additionally upset because they're like oh yeah but did you know him and she's like yeah i mean we knew each other whatever but she's not like yeah i'm in love with this guy because she like can't tell her family about it right um and so they're kind of like all going like back and forth, back and forth. And then come to find out there's this guy, Jesse, who was adopted when he was two weeks old. And he thinks that um, the dad is his biological dad. And so he and he lives in L.A. right now. And so he emails him and he's like, hey, I think you're my bio dad. Like, this was my my birth mom is like this woman. And she put me up for adoption here. But she like died recently. Um, I'd really mm-hmm. love to. And then he like make, he's like, I'd really love to meet you. And he make, makes up some excuse about how he's going to be over in the area, like doing research for a film because he does like documentaries or some nonsense. Um, which is like nonsense. a total BS. He's Documentaries not, are nonsense. <laughs> he's not actually gonna like film this. He was like thinking he was like, oh, it'd be so cool. I could like make a documentary about like meeting my biological family and whatnot. Um, and so the dad gets the email, and oh, the dad's name's Andrew. He gets the email and he just completely panics because 18 months prior to this, he had gotten a letter from the woman that he had sex with the one time and she was like hey i don't know if you remember me but i'm this person um and after like they had like a one-night stand she was like i ended up pregnant but she was like at the time like my career was my entire job and it was in like lebanon or something and she was like it wasn't a safe place for like a kid so she's like i put him up for adoption i'm sorry i never told you she's like the only reason i'm reaching out now is that i have this terminal illness uh but just if he ever reaches out to you, she was like, I had always hoped that he would reach out to try and find me. And he never did. If he reaches out to you, please just let him know that there wasn't a day that I didn't think about him. And like, I hope he's happy. Yeah. Right. Like it was super sad. But so Andrew gets this letter in the mail, like at his work, it gets like forward to him and he never tells his wife and it's been 18 months. And now he's got this email from this, the guy who was like claiming to be his son. And so he doesn't respond. He's just like, oh my god, nope, not gonna respond. He looks like, I'll think he's like, I'll think of something later to say. Oh um, and then the day before the quarantine starts, Emma, the mom, so she had found a lump in her armpit, and so she had like gone to see a specialist about it. And he was like, it's non Hopkins lymphoma or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, and he was like, he's like, we're not gonna get any more test results until the new year, but in the new year, you're gonna have to start chemo. And Emma's, like, buddy, her, like, best friend, she was like, okay, like, you need to tell your family. And she was like, I can't, because the doctor said that I have, a, she has an increased risk of, uh, like, she shouldn't be um, with Olivia because of the hag risk, because now she has, like, her immune mm. system is kind of compromised because she has this cancer. <clears throat> and so she was like, I don't want to tell them. She's like, I'll tell them after Christmas, after the quarantine's lifted. It's fine. I'll tell them then. And so Emma is at the airport waiting to pick up Olivia. And she just starts chatting up the guy sitting next to her. Obviously, it's Jesse because this is a freaking Christmas book. Yeah, obviously. 
But so she hasn't told anyone other than her best friend, but she like opens up to this complete stranger because he, so Jesse has this whole thing where like he just can't shut up. Like he just always has to talk and he tells everybody his like personal feelings and all this shit. And so he's the he brother, started, right? That's, this is the adopted son. Right, right, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I guess he is the brother. Would be her brother. Yet. Um, but so he like is opening up to Emma and he's like, yeah, no, I like, so he, I guess backtrack real quick. So he hadn't, um, he had never heard, he hadn't heard back from Andrew and he was like, well, he was like, it's the holidays and prices are just going up. I'm just going to book my flight. Oh, I'm sure I'll hear back from him eventually. It'll be fine. And his sister is like, what you're going to fly all the way over there. Like you haven't even heard from this dude. You're just going to fly over. Like that's insane. Um, and he hasn't told his adopted parents yet because when they found out that he had been looking for his mom, they kind of got upset. And he's like, they're I don't offended. Wanna... Yeah. And they're like, I... he's like, I don't want to, which I think this part makes sense. He was like, I don't want to tell them that I'm going to go over there to try to see my dad or like meet him if like things don't work out. Yeah, that's fair. So like he, and he's also in therapy. And so he has like, basically done all this stalker research on the birch family like he's read every single article that andrew writes for his little food critic and in a lot of his like food critic articles he goes and tells like a lot of personal details like he talks about things that are going on with the mom and the younger daughter and like all these things so he knows like all these things about him he knows that he vacations at this home he was able to look up the address of the home because it was in some like magazine for being super amazing or something like that of course and then uh he knows that andrew and emma got married in like or they met in 1981 at the royal wedding but he was born in 1980 so it's fine so he's like so it's great he's like so that's not even gonna be an issue like that's fine like obviously they didn't like cheat to like make me it's totally cool but yeah so he flies over there and then he ends up sending Andrew a second email and it's just like, hey, wasn't sure if you, uh, maybe my first email didn't go through. Like, mm, that's not how email works, whatever. But he was like, but I'm here in Norfolk or wherever the hell it is. I'm next door. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, he's like, I heard that you vacation here. Like, I love to get together. And Andrew was like, how the hell does he know that I'm here? Like, this is creepy. And then he like starts realizing like, oh crap, I've been putting so many personal details into like all of my articles and he was like well how does he know it's here and he like googles himself and he's like oh that's freaking how he knows where this house is um okay and so his research but andrew still hasn't responded the dad still hasn't responded because he like goes to try to respond because at first he was like oh i'll just say like you know right now it's not a good time because of the quarantine but he just never got around to sending that email and so then mm -hmm. when jesse's like oh my gosh i'm here he's like well, now the quarantine kind of sounds like it's a dumb one, you know, like it's yeah. a dumb excuse. Um, and so, and Jesse's birthday is the day after Christmas. So he's over there and he's getting kind of all depressed because his dad hasn't really called him. Um, and the family themselves are, of course, like all kind of at each other's throats because they're being quarantined and they're all grouchy and stuff. And Olivia's all upset because her boyfriend might be dying of hag and she also starts not feeling super great but she was like no i think i'm just distressed whatever whatever um and so jesse ends up just going to this bar and he's just like sitting at this bar drinking or whatever and there's this whole family um that are out having drinks um and before this you knew that phoebe's fiance were going he was going out for drinks with his family because it's like their christmas eve tradition or whatever to go get drinks and just get hammered um 
And so Jesse ends up like drinking with them. Um, oh yeah, Jesse's also gay and apparently like model oh. beautiful. Like he's the beautiful oh, complexion. They all are. Why are they pack, all gay? All these things. Yeah. Um, Fourteen packs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just beautiful. Um, so he ends up drinking with George and his family. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, I do movies or whatever. Um, and then they're like, oh, whatever. And then I can't remember how it comes out. Oh, oh, because they end up playing, like, Never Have I Ever. And one of them was like, uh, which is, like, kind of funny because it's all, like, there's the brothers, the one sister, and then the one sister-in-law. So, like, they all know everybody's stories already. So, at this point, they're kind of just doing it just to, like, get a laugh. And so, one of them mm-hmm. is like, oh, Never Have I Ever given my ski instructor a blowjob or something like that and jesse like throws a shot back and he's like he's like yeah i haven't actually done it he's like i just wanted them to to, like see their faces once they realize that i'm gay because like the sister has been like Mm. flirting with him um and so then like the macho brothers are like oh my gosh wow like super homophobic and shit um classic yeah seriously um and then he's like yeah no i'm like i'm in film i do documentaries and they're like oh you're a gay porn star you do gay porn da, 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 da. <gasps> and he's like no Dude. but and at that point he's like whatever everyone's hammered he's like it's, i don't care whatever it's fine and so then george goes to get a drink and it's like hey anybody else and jesse's the only one who's like yeah sure because he's like oh he's kind of been like giving me eyes and i don't know if this is like a vibe or not or like what's going on wait gets- one of the other brothers so George, the Phoebe's fiance. Oh, that sketch. Okay. Yeah, because he had seen him. Je- Jesse was out walking like previously in the day, and had seen George running, and like he's like, "Ooh, he looks attractive." Um, and so they like go and they like get their last drink, and then the bartender is like, "Last call. Like you got to get out of here." And it's like, "Well, why did you just serve them a drink if you're telling them to get out?" But whatever. Um, and so then George was like, yeah, I could go for another drink. He's like, where are you staying? He's like, oh, this whatever hotel. And he's like, oh, do you think the bar would be open? And he's like, yeah, probably. Even though, like, literally when he got in the day before, two days before, right around that time, like, he couldn't even get, like, soup or chips or crackers or anything. Like, he knew it was closed. Yeah. So, like, when he said that, I was like, that's weird. <laughs> so they get there. And then, of course, like, bar's closed. And Jesse's like, oh, I have alcohol up in my room. And George is like, okay, cool. So they go up, they end this up like all planned. And they end up like making out or something. Um, but then so then later, so like the family is still like just back and forth and back and forth. Um and at some point Phoebe ends up finding out that Emma has cancer. She was like looking at her mom's iPad or something and starts going through her e- her mom's email and her mom had been emailing with her buddy nicola and because her buddy was trying to be like freaking tell your family that you have cancer are you kidding me? seriously though like come on yeah and so then phoebe kind of calls her mom out on it she was like what the heck why didn't you tell me um like understandably upset and everything like that and then yeah. so the day after so now it's christmas so george just like shows up and just like walks into the house and olivia's like what are you doing she's like well you have to stay for the rest of quarantine now like because Olivia's like you, pe- like, you people cannot leave. Like, what does, Shoot. do not understand what quarantine means. She's, like, losing her shit. The actual definition of quarantine is you cannot go anywhere. Yeah. And so George is like, fine, whatever. And it's, like, super lovey-dovey Oliver Phoebe, like. Nope. Ob- yeah. And, like, obviously. Yeah. Um, and, like, the ring that he gave her when he proposed, like, she fucking hates it and it's not her style. <gasps> right. And. Flag. Yeah, and he didn't ask her parents' permission, which, like, whatever. It's in the book, it's 2016, so, like, you don't need, like, 
we don't need Yellow to trade flag. women for like cattle anymore but the mom at one point like in her like internal monologue was like if she had asked or if he had asked she's like i would have given like great like offered great grams ring which is totally phoebe's style and so you're like oh, okay yeah that kind of makes sense um and then phoebe so it's like christmas morning and they're opening presents or whatever um and like this whole time like phoebe like kind of tries like maybe a little bit to like befriend olivia and like make things better and then olivia just snaps and then phoebe snaps back um but the, so they um like i went oh because they were doing their parents stockings um and the whole time olivia's just like oh my gosh all this consumerism and i just it's like she's acting like she's freaking like the greatest person ever because she goes over and she helps volunteer and how dare anybody get any enjoyment out of consumerism and all this shit oh my god yeah just like wait over like, yourself yeah like too far the other way but so it's christmas morning and so george had already given phoebe the present that like his present his christmas present for her since she was going to be on quarantine and she had um apparently like told his younger sister like oh what's like these specific earrings these like hoop earrings and he ended up getting her pearls and she fucking like starts like having like an adult tantrum about how they weren't the right earrings that she wanted and oh my gosh da 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 rude but yeah so then later in the day george shows up and now he's stuck in quarantine so they have this like uh spare like this like guest house that they call the bungalow and so they're like oh we're gonna go stay in the bungalow it's fine um and george like gets over the whole like being on quarantine and he's like there's this party we should go and phoebe's like we can't we're on quarantine and he's like nope your sister's dumb whatever she doesn't know she's overreacting it's fine and he talks her into going and so they start Everyone like gets tags and dies. So they start like sneaking out the these like bushes, and Olivia comes like biking down, and she's like, "Dude, what the fuck? Like we're on quarantine. Like what does that? Hello." And so they get in a whole screaming match, and George is like, ah, "Fine, I don't care anymore." And he just like storms off, and then Phoebe tries to storm off and like slips and falls on the ice and like jacks <gasps> up her ankle. Ow. Yeah, but then she's like, "Well, don't tell mom and dad that we were gonna leave. It's fine." Um, and so then, um, Andrew was kind of like freaking out about the letter now. So he deleted the emails, the two emails from Jesse and he's like, okay, now I just need to get rid of this letter. And so he had put it in his briefcase in this, like, his like old briefcase from his like war days or whatever, his, um, war crime writing days. Um, but then the mom always wants to do this like attic cleaning out on boxing day. And mm -hmm. so he realizes, like, oh, they're all up there in the attic where I just hid this fucking letter. And so he goes, like, running up. And he's like, you can't get rid of my briefcase. It has memories. And she was like, ah, she was, like, literally about to open it. And she was like, oh, I just wanted to see, like, what was in it. And he's like, nothing. It's empty. You made me empty it. I emptied it when you made me quit. Whatever. And she's like, okay, that's weird. Because um, so what they do is they have that. They do like the Boxing Day attic cleaning, and then they make a giant bonfire and they burn all their crap. And so he's like, "Oh, perfect! I'll just like burn the letter during those times. It'll be fine." Except, um, but yeah. So then I think earlier in the day, or maybe it was Christmas Day. I'm getting my days confused, but either way, Jesse is like getting ready to leave. He's like, mm -hmm. "All right, whatever," and he's like, "Well, I came all the way here," and he's talking to his sister, and his sister is like, well, "Why don't you just like write a letter? Just like write a letter." Drop it in the mailbox, like in the mail slot. It's fine. Whatever. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'm going to do that. 
so he like writes this whole letter and then he's like there and like the mom has like put up a little sign across the driveway that's like please leave packages here we cannot sign because they can't come outside the house mm. um or no he was originally going to go and just knock on the door and like a crazy person be like hi i'm here um but he oh. goes to do that and then olivia sees him through the window and like runs down and like writes on a piece of paper and it was like we can't come to the door go away so then he's like okay weird and so then now it's the next day when he's like i'll just write the letter it's fine so they're all outside doing the bonfire and he goes he like slips the letter in the little mail slot or whatever and it starts like torrential downpouring and so he's like kind of like hovering like under the little covered area just like trying to stay dry for like just a little bit before he goes running back out again and he leans up against the door and the door opens because it's such an old door that you have to like shut it really 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 hard for it to shut all the way so nobody ever does shut it all the way mm. and so at this point he's like well crap like now the door is open and he like sees his letter just sitting there so he picks it up and he's like oh maybe i'll just go like put it on like a little corner table like a fucking weirdo oh. just like leave who it. does that yeah don't right? do that don't oh my god walk in so a stranger's crazy. house that is so damn weird yeah strangers is his family maybe that's true but still weird so um, weird and so he's like standing there and then they all like come inside from the bonfire because i don't know if like one of them heard something or what but they all come in and olivia's like well fuck what the hell are you doing here you have to stay now but jesse's standing there and he's like but so emma sees him and it's like she's like oh my gosh he's your dad like he she like realizes it because like he told her everything at the airport and she was oh, just like so oh, she's my. like dots connected and she's like been thinking about him this whole time she's like and it's christmas time and i really hope he finds his family and everyone should have a family at christmas da, 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 da. everybody cries and so yeah so she was like okay well she's like you guys just need to go and talk girls upstairs and they're like who is this guy and she's like upstairs like go upstairs just go yeah and so jesse and andrew were talking in the smoking room or whatever um and Emma's in the kitchen, and she's like, huh, I wonder, she's like, kind of looks around Olivia's age, and it, oh, there's his passport, I wonder what his birthday is, and goes and, like, grabs the passport, and his birthday is December 26, 1980, turns out that her and Andrew had been dating then, had been dating for, like, three months, but oh, he, no! he had, Andrew had, like, broken some story about her uncle, about how her uncle was, like, a crook or something, and the whole family hated him for it, like, hated, like, the name. Mm. and she was like once they like they're gonna put together that like you are this byline and so they're like so they were like dating in secret and then they were both gonna be at the royal wedding like she was gonna be there as a guest and he was reporting on it and they're like oh it's like a perfect story that we can say like we met here and like they're like maybe people will like kind of be okay with it whatever right and so she, yeah so andrew which is real that's so that's why andrew has been panicking this whole time because here is his son that he has from like the one time he cheated on his wife but not yeah yeah he did but yeah yeah Yeah. and that's the thing is that emma ends up like not she's like i'm not mad about that she doesn't like secrets which is really funny for the fact that she's keeping the fact that she has cancer but that's like the only secret she's ever kept she's just like i don't like secrets allowed though like that's like a shock thing i think yeah it's like she's like i don't like secrets like they just everything just gets messy and so she's like it's not that you like did this she was like it's that you didn't tell me and he was like it was brand new we've been together three months she was like we were he was like we were courting we'd only gone on like three dates i was worried i was gonna lose you all this stuff yeah so now jesse has to stay there and finish out like the next two or three days of the quarantine or whatever and like phoebe freaking hates him of course because she's a child and somebody else is getting attention and like he's the only one that's actually like asking olivia about like what it was like over in um 
all like the places that she's been because like the whole family is just like oh yeah must have been awful and she's like yep and he's like yeah no like what was it like like actually asking good questions and like trying to do all these things and so then uh, at this point he hasn't seen george and so then george comes in and jesse is like oh hey hi person i just met just now right now hi hello so lovely to meet you for the first time like does not play it off well um, but then so george is like <laughs> like and like these are the kind of the things where like is as it's like going and build like i don't feel like i'm actually really giving much away because like as you're reading you're like okay obviously that was going to be george that he met like you know like you can put like all of these are all things that like you know are going to happen so it's not logically actually, like, i'm not giving anything away yet. yeah of anything yeah um and so then like olivia hasn't been feeling good and she starts throwing up but it's on the very last day of quarantine so she's like no she's like it's been seven days she was like there's no way that i could like be sick yet and like right at that point um sean had been deep um had tested negative for hag like he got fixed or whatever and so she's like yeah if he doesn't have it i don't have it it's fine but she ends up passing out and at this point like phoebe has like deduced that like they were in a relationship and she asked and like olivia doesn't say yes or no but it's like well doy okay you did obviously Um, yeah and so olivia passes out um and starts like choking on her own vomit and jesse is the only one there who's like is paying any kind of attention like rolls her on her side and is, is like fishing in her mouth to like make sure that there's no chunks that she's choking on and it's like dude call 911 and they're like huh and he's like call an ambulance and so they finally like do they finally call an ambulance and they're like yeah this and yeah she was do- treating hag and so then the medics come and they're like okay like who else is like interacted or like had like bodily fluids and jesse mm-hmm. had cut his hand on like a fence earlier in the week so now he has like an open wound that he has like touched her saliva and so they're like okay so there are uh, they're like there are two planes one for you and one for her and you guys are gonna be flown to this hospital and but of course like right before that like olivia had had this really great conversation with her dad about how like it's like he actually under can understand what it's like to come back from like a war zone and like all these like terrible places and how like it's really hard to adjust and like nobody gets it because like he's like yeah everybody is like dotting on you and doing all these like doting on you doing all these things and you're just like eh. he's like it's like so i get it and he was like i'm sorry that i never like thought about that before and they had like this really great like this actual really great conversation and her and phoebe had been like laughing and stuff because like before this george had like left a note in the bungalow that was like i need time to think and basically like, calls off the engagement um and jesse at one point was like well i mean maybe he's like gay or something and they're like oh my god why would you say that and he's like well he's like well maybe he just or bye or he just didn't know he just has a lot of things he needs to figure out so like and they're like what do you know that we don't know (laughs) yeah so like all of these things have like finally like come to a head and it's just like so like a lot so the relationships all got better and everything like that like that was kind of like the happening like i said there's still a death in the end I'm, I'm literally gonna... sitting here just like trying to guess who dies. Yeah, so I was like, I'm, I'm like, obviously I'm not going to say it because, yeah, it there could are, be. There are a lot of candidates. There's a lot of people. Like, it could literally be any of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I it was really so... good. Yeah. Like, uh, so... you still would only give it three out of five? Why? Maybe like three and a half. So, like, not, I feel like not that much actually happens in the book. 
like okay that's fair the way that they kind of like how she wrote it like a lot of the chapters have like jumping back and forth between people like the chapters a lot of them are shorter and not very much happens and then it's just and then a lot of it is just kind of annoying like i don't like a lot of like the interactions with people i mean i guess like it's probably is realistic you know like the interactions but yeah i'm like oh i just like you just want to like shout at them like just tell them how you feel or just tell this person that this is your feelings and it would be fine right. and then like the jesse character just annoyed the hell out of me like he Why? was such a whiny little twat like everything like oh my god like okay so i think he's my biological dad and he hasn't emailed me and so i'm just gonna fly over there and now that i'm here i'm just gonna email him again and tell him i'm here and he still hasn't emailed me back and so i'm just gonna show up and now i'm just gonna write a letter and i don't know and like the way that he like would talk because he's like always positive about everything at one point he's talking to emma about oh because he's the one who ended up telling andrew about emma's cancer he didn't know that Andrew didn't know, obviously, but the dad didn't know. He was just like, oh, yeah, well, she decided what she's going to do. And he was like, do about what? And he was like, the cancer. What? you don't know about. Well, that thing that you don't know about. Oops, yeah, my bad. bad. Yeah. I just, did I do that? Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, I mean, I would say like maybe like three and a half. If you want, okay. like, if somebody, if you're looking for like a Christmas or a holiday book that isn't stereotypically holiday that does have some twists even though granted i may have given some of them away and really, someone dies at the end yeah you know, that's the one that i like didn't give away is who died because all of the other twists are not twists because you literally see everything coming like as you're reading you're like oh well that was because like you know that like george's little sister's nickname is mouse and then jesse is drinking with these people and he says his name is george and this is mouse and you're like okay well that's obviously them and like obviously something happened when they were ah, drunk and like I see. yeah so it's all things like that where you're like well doy like that's obviously what happened there right but yeah i mean i did like that it wasn't your stereotypical like christmas story who did you say this was by it is by francesca hornack hmm, okay she wrote a handful of other books it had in the end. Yeah, I don't know if I'm really into books right now where people die in them, but uh, otherwise, it sounds pretty good. Like, I'm honestly curious who it might be. Yeah. Like, not gonna lie, there's a lot of candidates. I can tell you after recording who it was. Ooh, I get the secrets. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everyone else, you'll have to read the book, suckers. <laughs> Anyways, uh, next episode is New Year's Day? Question mark? I think New Year's. Uh, we picked a book, but you also texted me that you picked a book, and then I was like, "Hmm." So we might need to talk about what book we're doing. Oh, uh, that's right. Anyway, so we're gonna do some sort of New Year's Day something for our next long episode because it's literally on New Year's Eve. Like our next episode yeah. goes on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Well, the night before, but whatever. Yeah. Also, just gonna throw this out here. Sorry to everyone about our last episode, episode eleven. Uh. Turns out I somehow only posted three minutes of it. So I got that fixed for y'all now. Sorry. Thanks for hanging in there. Our bad. Thanks to friend who let us know that it yeah. wasn't going well. Shame yeah. to the rest of you who didn't. Yeah. Uh, if you want to like holler at us next time, we are on Instagram. Isn't it past your bedtime? Uh, Twitter. IIPYB underscore. IIPYB. Underscore pod. Underscore pod. And then. That was a tough one. Yeah, that was hard. Um, 
Gmail, isn't it? Past your bedtime at gmail.com. And uh, you can listen anywhere you listen. Yeah. Pretty we're much. All the places. Run all of the places. Let us know if there's a place that we're not on that you prefer to listen to. But I think we yeah. have all the main ones and some little ones. Like Blueberry. Who's heard of Blueberry? I don't know. I heard it on some other podcasts. I'm trying to get us on Podbean right now. because Morbid. Yeah, it, it was Morbid that I heard it. But anyways, hope everyone has a fantastic December holiday, whatever one it is that you choose to celebrate. Holiday season that you celebrate. Yes. So thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.